Hello and welcome to the Westwick podcast, coming to you from the Galway Technology Centre here in Merview. My name is Neve Constantine and I'm delighted to be joined here with Patrick McDermott, founder and CEO of Digitally. Digitally was formed with the purpose of giving food service companies an easier, faster and more efficient way to count their inventories and food waste. Something that isn't quite there yet as most businesses still use the standard and more traditional pen and paper method with Excel and double entry. It also allows you to efficiently manage all your accounts, see your profitability, instantly generate your gross profits, manage all your sites, keep track of your accounts electronically. Digitally is a way for food businesses that are multi-site to be able to count, collate and report on their food margins. Digitally is based in Tume in Galway and currently employing 11 people. The company was established in 2016 and has since gone from strength to strength, which you will see during my discussion with Patrick. Hello, Patrick, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us here today as part, part of our podcast series. Neve, thanks for the invitation. I'm delighted to be here. Brilliant. So let's jump straight in. Could you please start by briefly outlining your business? What does Digitally do? Digitally is a technology business that provides multi-site food businesses, primarily in the food service sector, with a solution to record their food waste uh, and digitize their inventory control. So what that means is when you think of people recording or writing things down, they typically do it um, manually using pen and paper and Excel sheets. Uh, That information then tends to be fed up the line for further analysis. We digitize that whole process for for these food businesses. So it means that by using our knowledge of inventory, of food operations, we're able to give these businesses a much uh, better control because of all the information and every site generating the information in the same way. Brilliant. Um, Tell us about the initial stages of starting your business. Have you always had ambitions to become an entrepreneur? Not at all, no. I, I came to Galway for the weekend 18 and a half years ago. I think a lot uh, of people do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was working on uh, cruise ships at the time. Uh, I was on them for five years. Um, and then I came over to visit a buddy of mine. And he was saying, oh, I'm just after starting up this business. Um, this is in 2004, which is based around stock control and stock taking for hospitality businesses. So we said, uh, look, do you want to come and join me? And so... Uh, cut a long story short, but two years later, uh, he went his own way. Uh, I, I re- remained in the business. He moved over to the States um, uh, and I took the business, uh, rebranded in 2007 as uh, stocktaking.ie. Uh, and um, it was kind of what I would have called my, my decision to grow time. Uh, it was either do I want to be in my 40s, 50s, 60s on my hands and knees in bars counting <laughs> bottles uh, and reporting it, uh, one man in a laptop. And I says, no. So I said, right, well, let's let's create a business, something that's going to going to uh, give me the life that I want. So that's kind of what it was. Uh, and uh, part of that was moving into the retail space. Uh, so at the moment where we're at today, there's a team of 55 uh, throughout Ireland, um, uh, still based out of Tune. Um, and they, we provide a, a accounting service to the mainly to FMCG sector, which would be convenience stores, supermarkets, is about 60-65% of our business. And then the remainder is predominantly in retail. Um, you think of everyone from uh, from Elvery's to Carrick Dunn's, Skechers Shoes, Louis Copeland's, anywhere that has items with a barcode that needs to be counted, 
that's what our teams do. So okay. it's a combination of IT people and uh, process. And so then what morphed out of that as years progressed was uh, digitally, which we started with the idea of counting stuff. Uh, we didn't know what that stuff was, but as uh, as we look and develop and grow, uh, we look to focus and we look to narrow down on what, is, what do we do, where's the value proposition and who's willing to pay for it. Um, so to bring us fast forward to today, five or six years later, um, we have a software business uh, uh, and working with food businesses, predominantly food businesses, um, uh, which are between Ireland and the UK. Oh, wow. Okay. And during that startup process um, period, what problems or issues did you experience and how did you address them? Yeah, with startup for, uh, I'll stay with Digitally, which is the, the software business and more, more recently as opposed to the stock taking one. Stock taking was very much bootstrapping, uh, whereas with the startup challenges that we had around uh, Digitally, first of all, we never had a software business. We didn't know uh, what to do, how to do it. Uh, the value proposition um, was uh, was quite different. So what we done is we said, right, well, uh, do we want to bootstrap this with the odd loan here and there, or do we want to uh, have something more substantial? So we said, right, well, let's look at uh, from an investment side of things. But before that, the process at the beginning was, first of all, idea, what we want to do. My co-founder, Arthur Leonovitz, he's uh, he's the techie. Uh, so he's the one that looks after all of the technology side of it uh, and looks after our development team. Um, we had the combination of commercial and tech, so that was important. Um the second was then we we went towards the New Frontiers uh, side of things, mm-hmm. but there was three different levels of that, uh, which we'd done all three of them. Uh, that was with Arthur, who wouldn't have had the same commercial experience as I would have had, but just to bring him into that. That helped us trash out the the idea a good bit more. Um, we spoke with the uh, the local enterprise office, uh, who then uh, put us in touch with uh, yourselves here in Westbeck and also with uh, Enterprise Ireland. Uh, we went down the crowdfunding route with the uh, Spark crowdfunding, and then that was matched with uh, funding by Enterprise Ireland. Okay. And uh, what key sports, I know you, sp- you touched on it there, what key sports did you receive during the startup process, and what role has Westwick played in the startup um, and success of Digitally? Yeah, when you're starting off, the whole thing is uh, where do I get money to pay the wages uh, and to trash out the idea and get and development done. I think that's done. where a lot of people find hard. Where do you kind of where yeah, do you come knocking yeah. on what door and first? I, mm. I can tell you now because I've been through the whole yes, process. Exactly. Whereas at the time, you don't, you can't see the wood from the yeah. trees, and you're so ingrained uh, within the business, and there's a lot of passion there, and you just want to go and uh, go straight away down that road. But if it's the wrong road, you have to you have to get off the next junction and move on to the other road. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's by having that confidence to be able to do it. So there's a lot of challenges, and predominantly it's around funding when you're starting, that you know you have a really good idea, you know you have something that can grow, but then you have to hire people along with you to go and do it because there's only so much that you can do by yourself. But getting those right people is very difficult and yeah. very challenging. So any supports that we could get along the way, uh, we gratefully accepted. Thankfully, Ireland is a country that has a lot of state supports. Um, and one, when it came to Westbeck, that was invaluable, was when it came to Enterprise Ireland, that there's, it's not just fill out a form, it's fill out a, a form and the mother of all Excel spreadsheets and then submit it along with all the other work that you've done. And in the meantime, you have to run a business. You still have to look at the sales, you still have to look at the operations, at the tech, keep all that going at the same time as you're raising funds. That was a big challenge because... Raising funds is is tough going, but where the benefit came with uh, with Westbeck was about helping to fill out those 
forums. Yeah. That was huge. That there was uh, John on the financial side of things, Mary on the on the form itself. Uh, and when you have people who know what they're doing, who've been there, looking at it, living it, breathing it, uh, if it was to go through the process again, it would be the first step, the first port of call uh, for people to be able to have that conversation because you can be a... Uh, it can be very busy otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to move on to the whole area of food waste and inventory management. Um, I know a lot of our listeners will be very interested in this. Roughly a third of the world's food waste food is wasted. That's about 1.3 billion tons a year. Digitally reduces food waste by 70%. How do you envisage Digitally's impact on food waste? Yeah, it's a case of what's measured is managed. And uh, for the businesses that we work with uh, in food service, uh, that contributes about 12% of, of waste, of food waste. Uh, the majority of food waste occurs in the home. Um, and then within hospitality and food service, about 12%. Um, what tends to happen in uh, in a kitchen is that uh, the, the people working in it, the chefs, the catering assistants, will probably write it down. At best, they'll write it down or they might record it in what I would classify as the sloppy notebook. Uh, uh, a notebook that they would have, and they write down that they wasted X amount of croissants and so many litres of soup and whatever it is. What we do is by digitising that, first of all, it's more hygienic, but secondly, the, the analysis of the data is much greater. So when you're measuring what you're wasting, uh, and there's different categories of food waste, there's... Um, there's unavoidable waste, which is like banana skins and melon peelings and tea bags and uh, different things like that. But then there's the overproduction element of it. Um, the overproduction is, let's say, there was a, a lunchtime and you had 10 kilos of potatoes. You only used three or you only used seven kilos. So there's three kilos boxed up, put back in the fridge. And then a week later, oh, geez, we still haven't used those three kilos. So that's a cost that's then going in the bin. It's overproduced. And then the third is plate waste. What plate waste is, is uneaten food. So when you can get an accurate uh, understanding as to what is going in the bin, you can then uh, uh, you can then know what's going in. You can then understand the reason for it. Is it overproduction? Is it out of date? Is it plate waste? Is it, um, uh, is it staff food? And it's not that uh, you want to say to the guys... Um, that there's uh, uh, Mary working in the kitchen. Mary, you're, you're wasting a lot of food here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, naughty girl, don't be doing that. It's like, Mary, you're recording all this food waste, which is brilliant because it's going in the bin. It's exactly what we want. But there's seven other people working in the kitchen and they're not recording it. Yeah. So that's where the problem is. So it's capturing the extent of the problem. When you know that and you can trust it, you can then look to reduce it. Okay. So typically when we start off with a business, it's kind of like a bell curve. So at the beginning when they're recording it, the line goes up and up and up and up. And you think, Jesus, this food waste, they, they keep wasting it. But the reality is it's always been wasted. So the, the business itself is paying to buy it, then paying to bin it. Because there's all the cost in the preparation. Not only the purchase of the food, the preparation, the storage. And then when you throw it in the bin, you have to pay to get those bins collected. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a substantial problem. So we're, we digitize, by digitizing that process, it means that we're giving greater analysis to the business managers and owners that every site is doing it the same way and they can get more granular to see um, by day, by time, by person, by reason um, and, or by site. They can get more granular on the food waste and then look to reduce it. Because it's one thing having the data around food waste, but 
The reality is, does Mary in the, in the kitchen really care if you have 500 euros of food waste in the week? She, but if you tell her, Mary, there's 250 meals went in the bin last week, chances are she might be more inclined to, to take action because yeah, it's yeah. a non-monetary metric. So it's data into information. We take it a step further into information that you can take action on. Okay. Very, very interesting. Um, what is the best advice you have for businesses or individuals who want to reduce food waste but don't know where to start that might be listening in here today? I know you've touched a good bit on it there now. Yeah, it can be. It, it, again, where's the best place to start at the beginning? But it's really uh, knowing that's what, what's measured is managed and you really need to start recording it in some way that when you're recording it, that you can then get your team to be part of the solution. It's not that they're the problem, oh, the chef is doing this and the catering assistant is doing that. It's like, guys, this happens. Let's start Let's start recording uh, this and then we can start getting granular with it. Because at the end of a week, what we'd be saying is, at the end of a week, get your team together and say, guys, this is what we have. This is what we're wasting line by line. What do you think? Mm. You, what, need, you need them the, all working as yeah, a team. What, what's the two things we can do this week to see about reducing this from... From 200 meals down to less than 200. Start yeah. there. Yeah. Um, rather than saying, well, you want to get to less than 10 meals. Let's make it realistic. But start bit by bit. You'll start to see that curve coming down. But it's your team that's coming up with the solution. You're empowering them. But you can't empower them when you don't know what the extent of the problem is. Mm-hmm. And that's really a, a, a crucial part of it. Okay. Um, and for our listeners today who aren't really sure of this why is stock management important um, especially for SMEs and is there any stock management mistakes that are easily avoidable and that SMEs should be aware of yeah when it comes to food food is perishable so it needs to be you need to be managing the margin because if you're expecting a margin of 20 50 70 percent and what some people do is they divide what they bought into the sales or sorry the sales into what they bought so to get a percentage of their stock and then they think that that's on margin but the reality is that well you have food that you bought in uh, some of it has been uh, consumed some of it has been um, wasted some of it has been taken home some of it has been um, uh, eaten by staff and others that might have been given to another department um, but if you're not managing any aspect of that your margin is not what's expected and so because food is perishable you need to be doing inventory control as in a stock take ideally on a weekly basis, depending on how busy you are, but at worst on a monthly basis, see what margin you're actually getting. And to do that, you need to be able to record, count and record your stock on hand values, your closing stock. Mm-hmm. Once you have that, you factor that in. Uh, and that's really important because, again, what's measured is managed. Yeah. Uh, because if there is a, a change in margin, you don't want to wait until the end of the year to get your report from your accountant to say, well, we're expecting a 50% margin, but you only get 46%. Okay, well, the whole year is gone. So what can you now do about that? The answer is nothing. The horse is gone. He's left the stable. You need to know at the end of a week or at worst at the end of a month and then to take action on that result. And again, we'd be saying, take your staff in. Is it portion control? Is it waste? Is it staff food? Is it we're just not charging enough? Okay. Yeah. So there's lots of different things like that that people can do. Okay. And what's more ban- damaging to a business? Is it understocking or overstocking and why? 
Um, there's they both have two very different problems with uh, with understocking means you're going to run out of food, which means you can't sell it. Mm. If you don't have enough stock and uh, there's a demand for it, then you can't sell it. So it means you're not making money. With the overstocking side of it, uh, you need to have um, you need to have enough, but that you're also moving the stock level. So there's one metric that we'd uh, be encouraging food businesses to pay particular attention to is their days stock on hand figure. Okay. In other words, that if they had let's say seven thousand euros of stock on hand and they knew then that their cost of sale on a daily basis was one thousand euros that then that gives them seven days stock in hand we'd be saying that's that's okay we'd prefer it was five um because with food imperishable yeah, if yeah. you have it for longer than seven days the chances are it's going to be expiring uh, and if it's expiring you have waste you have a loss in margin so uh overstocking has a different level of of problems but understocking means you're not going to achieve full sales. Okay. And where is the company now, Patrick? Um, and what do you see for 2023? And also, has COVID impacted the business in any way? Yeah, COVID hasn't helped any business. Um, when it comes to, uh, I'll start off with that part first, because um, with COVID, a lot of uh, our customers at the time, hospitality businesses were closed. Mm. Uh, and when they're closed, it's very difficult to come and tell them uh, how to record food waste and looking at their margins. Um, so what we've uh, done over the last uh, uh, two years and during COVID and come out of it since, we're constantly looking at changing, tweaking, adjusting our business model, who's our customer, who's best served by the solution that we provide. So this year, what we're doing is we're, rather than being an inventory control business, we're being more of a food waste business that does inventory control rather than the other way around. Uh, and then focusing on food service. Uh, rather than on the hospitality. Not to say that hotels can't use our product, they can, um, but food services where we're spending the majority of our time. Okay. Um, as our regular listeners will know, we have a closing tradition on this podcast where we finish off with a quick fire round. So let's get straight into it. All right. <laughs> uh, work from home or office? For me, office. <laughs> Apple or Windows? Windows. Email or phone calls? Oh, they both have a place. <laughs> they both have a place. Um, I'd be 50-50 on that. You can't... Some things need to be said. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Microsoft Teams or Zoom? <sighs> That's a funny one because I I always make this comparison. I'm, I'm deviating now from your question. I'm going to screw up your question. No, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> what I say to people when it comes to digitizing, oh, I have a solution for stock. I have a solution for food waste. I have whatever. And then I said... Yeah, but then they said, oh, I wanted to do everything, one system to do everything. And I said, well, when you have Microsoft, Microsoft can manage any aspect of your business. So why are we now talking on Zoom? And they said, oh, it's just it's just so much easier. <laughs> there you go. Bingo, bingo, <laughs> exactly. So uh, the bigger, uh, I, I prefer using Zoom, um, but as a business, we're using more teams. Okay. Uh, LinkedIn or Twitter? LinkedIn. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Uh, reading or podcasts? Oh, uh, podcasts. Okay. Um, that's brilliant, um, Patrick. Uh, I'm going to finish off now by thanking you for coming on today and sharing your experience and valuable knowledge with our listeners. We will leave your contact details in the show notes if anyone wants to get in touch with you. Um, that's all from Westpick podcast series for now. Please join us for future startup podcasts and subscribe to us via podcast apps on Apple, iTunes or Google.
Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to be notified about future podcasts. Please feel free to get in touch with us on social media and let us know if you found this episode beneficial. You can find us at Westwick on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. If you would like to hear more about our available supports, please get in touch via our website www.westwick.ie and of course, stay tuned for our next podcast episode.